0: welcome to the inspiring educators podcast a space where you can let go learn laugh and be inspired we'd like to welcome everyone to this week's podcast we have awesome hosts as usual Host, hi. Introduce yourselves.
1: Ooh, hi it's lila educator motivator Um, I am a uh, year six Math for America master teacher as well as the regional coordinator for LAUSD uh, for CPM. I am extremely grateful this week and a lot of my gratitude is coming from finding a new space that is inspiring me. I found a new home um, as far as a school and it's feeding my soul. It's absolutely feeding my soul and it's what I need. I'm so, I'm absolutely, I'm so grateful for this new space I'm in.
2: Awesome. Awesome. And good evening, everyone. Uh, Once again, my name is uh, Jadrian Grimes, AKA I'll be Coach J. That sounds, (laughs) has a nice ring to it. Um, I spent 13 years um, in corporate and commercial banking. Um, Now building a career in youth development, in education, um, one thing that I am grateful for this week—maybe a little bit off topic—but I'm thankful for Nike um, giving a platform um, for diversity. Um, I think it couldn't have came at a better time, regardless of the time it came. Some say it's too late; some may say it's too soon. Um, but I saw the commercial that they shot, and I think it's a phenomenal opportunity right now for diversity and everything that we're going. Now and uh, such an easy way to even tie that back uh, to education because the world of education is so uh, diverse. So that's one thing I'm grateful for this week.
0: And I'm Chris, the academic rock star. I cannot believe I'm actually starting my 15th year in education. It seems like yesterday when I just started, and I never thought I would do one day in education. So 15 years in, I'm happy and I'm still in shock some days, but I love what I do. I'm a mathematics educator, excited trying to turn the world around and get students to love problem solving in general, and then use mathematics to change the world that we live in. One thing I'm grateful for this week, my book that I'm co-writing with two, three other authors is in the publication stages with our publisher. So it's a book for STEM for girls. It'll come out in the spring. We're finally in that publication stage. We're doing final edits, et cetera. So I'm very grateful for that and very excited for that piece. Nice.
3: Nice. nice
0: this nice. week, we, we have an awesome show planned for you all with a hot topic that every educator thinks about, every person has dealt with mm-hmm. at one point. And that topic is, are teachers underpaid? Yeah. And to Phew. start this conversation off, we're just going to go yes or no. So, Jadron, are teachers underpaid?
2: Absolutely. I think so, for sure. Absolutely, yes.
0: Lila, are teachers underpaid? Absolutely. No question. And everyone says teachers are underpaid, but the bigger question, the concern is why are teachers underpaid? So let me frame this for everybody. When we think about teachers, because a lot of people will say, oh, teachers only work nine months, so they're kind of their salaries in conjunction with the time they work. But when we think about it, Teacher's starting salary average is $38,000. So whether you were nine months or 12 months, $38,000, you're expecting teachers to live on with the amount of time they put in every week to get their classroom ready, to teach kids, to do different things within the career. Also, two in three Americans say public school teachers are underpaid. So the American public even knows that teachers are underpaid not, and you don't have to know it's thirty eight thousand to start with to see so they're underpaid. So we have to really think about how in America do we prioritize education? Tonight we're going to talk about some different ways to help teachers get funded better. Period. Just not only salaries, but thinking about helping the classrooms and then the education system in general. So I'm going to start off with Deidre. What are your thoughts in regards to why do you think teachers are underpaid?
2: I, I guess I like to kind of, uh, I guess, level set with, with the foundation. The part that I'm kind of, I guess, twisted and confused on. Um, I, w- I was a business major. I'll start with that. I was a dual major um, in business management and finance. And um, so I, I studied numbers, very analytical. Um, and I was reading, uh, I think it was in Fortune Magazine, Money Magazine, maybe but average salary for college graduates, uh, I guess coming out of school is anywhere between 48 to 60 grand. And you just put a statistic up that said, teachers make an average of $38,000. So I guess if I could kind of park there for a minute, like why is there such a large disparity between, I guess other majors, I guess if you will, I mean, it's really a ten dollars to $15,000 difference, but we always come back and say, whether we're on a political front, financial front, or whatever it is, that education is the foundation of everything, right? Like, if we, you can never have too much education, this, that, and the third. Then why is there such a large disparity with other majors and other salaries where people graduated from college? Like, why are teachers being paid? You
3: want to so, know why? <laughs> you want to know why? I mean,
2: is it is it laws? Is it just, that's just a precedent that's been set? Um, because, I mean, if you look incrementally, it doesn't seem that they're getting enormous raises annually, like other corporations and other industries and other sectors of business. So I guess my biggest thing, Chris, Lila, is I'm trying to figure out uh, why, coming from the finance, financial industry, kind of tapping into you like what's the why behind like why is there such a large I
1: mean I can tell you the why I think we're replaceable we are seen as disposable um entities you know it requires the bachelor so many people say oh you know I just jumped in and started substituting because I needed some extra money and then I just started teaching you know there's a there's so many teachers um and there's such a high need for teachers and I mean, we get rotated out. Like, I, I don't even know who you rotate out. Like, but it's it's. It, it, I mean, I've had I've seen principals. I've I've interacted in situations where it was like, well, if you don't want to be here, then go. It's like you're not even seen as as being. Or you're not even valued in a sense where it's like, hey, I should do things to accommodate my teachers so that my teachers feel supported. And and welcome, and feel as though like this is a valuable job. And in the same sense of us feeling like we're disposable, teachers aren't looked at as being multidimensional. It's like, oh, we just teach. You teach? No. There's so many other things that go on um, as a teacher, and I'm not even talking about just in the classroom. I'm talking about who we are as individuals. You know, people talk about doctors, for instance, we make two hundred thousand or more a year, and oh, they save lives. It just seems so valuable. Like the way they, they can contribute. So like, they can do this, they can do that. They can do all these different things. Well, you just teach? Well, I think I do a little bit more than that.
2: So I get that piece. And I will argue the fact that because I know, again, I worked in, uh, you know, financial services and banking, you know, that's different from from education and again, I'm just trying to level set and figure out, you know, why is one here and why is one here? When I think the foundation should be education and it kind of should be the other way around or at least point in point. So, I know some sales guys that were in banking, uh, fresh out of college. Um, these guys in their year one to three making anywhere from 70 and a couple instances on a good point up to six figures. And if that guy quits his job on Monday, well, we're replacing him by Wednesday, if not Tuesday, or at least starting the interview process. So those guys are replaceable, I guess, if you will, as well. Now, it is sales. So there are a number of different incentives that you add on in different ways to, to, to make it financially. But I guess I'm like, how can we get it? On a, if, if it's not even even, like how can we get it even close? Am I making sense no, at you all? you're sense. Saying. I want to like, okay. bring,
0: bring it back to a point, and then i make my point. So okay. here's a stat. Since the No Child Left Behind era began 20 years ago, teacher pay has dropped an average of $30 per week when adjusted for inflation. In that period of time, pay for other college graduates has risen by $124 per week, as the cost of living in the American middle class has risen by 30%. So that goes Mm. back to Lila's point of the value of teachers. Yeah. So how do we get those in positions of power, your politicians to understand the value of a teacher and what does it take to live on a teacher's salary? I think with a lot of politicians, if you've never lived on $38,000 per year, can you really relate and understand? You can say you do, yeah. But do you really, when you started off with most people making $50,000, $60,000?
2: Yeah. And how many people from, I guess, an administrative background educationally are, I guess, running for some of these positions politically that can speak to the point that, well, here is A, B, C, and D, and I've lived it and I've done it and I have made it to this point and this is what we need to change and here's the why behind why we need to change it. Like, what's the percentage of those people? in just the United States, hell, in the states that you're in. Chris, you're in Florida, Lala, you're in California, I'm in Georgia. So if you just segment those three states, what percentage of people from education are running from the, for these political offices or are becoming the powers that be to say, well, this should be the forefront? Because, again, it goes back to what I say. And y'all think about this. <laughs> Every time somebody comes, whether it's – um, the governor level, the board of education, I don't the president everybody's talking about education and teachers. Am I wrong or am I right? Absolutely. Everybody's mm-hmm. making it a priority, but we're still having this conversation September but 7, 2008.
0: It is not a priority because the funding is not there for it to be a priority. You put your Ooh, money where your problems are.
1: Not true. <laughs> not true. So you think you All think, the think money's there.
0: You think um, the money is there for teachers currently.
1: You know, yes. No, so you say within, they, the, they, dist- they within the district within uh, the district level? Yes. For my district in particular, we have a 98% vote um an authorization strike. It it's it's real right now. Just because they they don't want to pay as they talk about they don't have enough money in reserve. Oh, we only have this much money in reserve. Apparently we're able to our UCLA folks who are absolutely amazing were able to, you know, find out that's not true. There's but way more that we have in reserve than you say that we do. And why aren't we using it to reduce class sizes? Why are we using it to actually support our teachers and pay them more?
0: So here's a question. When you say the money's there, are you finding the money there to pay a teacher's more significantly? And when I say more significantly, I'm saying starting teachers at 50, 60000 Mm, or are you referring to money is there to bump up, let's say, let's say give you a $5,000 increase this year?
1: Mm. So how you, just, just to that, clarify, that money That I don't know. That I don't know. But what I do know is that the money exists. <laughs> now I don't know whether I'm going to get an extra 20 or if I'm only get an extra five. But what I do know is that there are funds available to help support us. And, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like, yes, teachers are underpaid, but there's so many other pieces that go to that because if you reduce my class sizes, if you gave me great benefits, and so many other amenities that come with being and you know, I know people who work for corporations, and they're like, oh, you know, we got a nap room, and then they feed us on Thursdays, and then we go on these retreats, like, it looks cute, it makes me like, I need to go work for somebody's company. Um, When you think about just being able to give me more amenities that make me feel more comfortable in what I do and support me in what I do. I feel like that would alleviate some of, um, maybe I wouldn't ask for 20. That's just me personally. But if you're saying I have a specific reserve for every teacher every year to, um, get their classroom together. Every teacher gets X amount of money. And it's, it's a part of what we budget because we want you to make sure you have certain things for your space. It, that type of stuff, it, it means something. It really so, it makes a difference. So,
0: so part of it, what you're alluding to, the value of teachers relates to the culture that's been established either within the school site or within the district. Because I've worked with schools who they on average, they get less than, I believe the 38,000 but they genuinely love being a part of that school because of the culture that's there, their value, the principal does everything he can to help them. And it's, some, it's simple things. If your kid gets out at three, school ends at 3.15 for us, your kid can come to your classroom for 15 minutes. Or if your kid has something going on, you can leave early. Or he would get someone to donate donuts or donate books. So part of it for the value part is how do we internally develop these rich cultures? And stop looking externally for the, that culture part can be, that doesn't cost anything to let a kid sit in on mom's class for 15 minutes till she
2: finishes up. So are we speaking, speaking of culture, um, are we far off I guess, Chris from that culture that you're talking about from where you've been out and schools that you've been in and you sat in and lightly, you can chime in at any moment too. So do you think collectively as a nation, are we far off? I know it's district by district and segment of the country by segment of the country, but are we that far off from creating, I guess, that culture to what because you hit a good point, Lila, where you're talking about okay, hey, if you don't give me the money, at least have something, you know, beneficially that works and that can help me from a day to day. Just help my psyche, help my whatever. Here's the one too. Seem like it's monetized. Are we that far off? I, I know there? I know a district.
0: I know a district in Texas, they have a pay scale. You can make $90,000 as a teacher. I know mm-hmm. teachers in that district making $70,000. Oh, wow. They complain just as much
3: <laughs> as teachers dollars <laughs>
0: interesting, interesting point. Now, Co- cost of living, maybe? No, it's not cost of living. It's just They, okay. have, a, they have a very good pay scale in this particular district. Okay. so they're not complaining about let's say finances okay it's just overall it's like do you really understand how how much you're making and people will literally beg to make seventy thousand dollars doing what you do
3: yeah damn
0: that double
1: and so yeah okay so here's my thing i'm solution oriented i at the end of the day i can't pull up to the superintendent and be like where's my money, bro? I can't do it. It's yeah. not it's not feasible. I can't just make a phone call real quick. And then it happens. Like we've been bargaining for months, probably over a year now. Um, So there's only so much in the space that I'm in. And I'm not saying that I am powerless. I'm saying that in the space that I'm in right now, there's only so much I can do. So I need to think about what I can do in with, with the resources that I have. And what I really believe is going to benefit us and really help us move to looking as looking as though teachers are are just so foundational and we're so useful we're so needed is a us being able to network and rally together and b us being able to show our value and be more multifaceted so as for instance chris like you said i'm not just a teacher i'm an author I'm not just a teacher. I'm a public speaker. I'm not just a teacher. I'm a coach. I'm not just a teacher. Um, I I'm doing all these other things that add value to who I am. Like, I'm not just a teacher. I'm the regional coordinator for the curriculum. I'm not just a teacher. I'm so many other things. And that is what makes me who I am in the space that I work in. And that is what makes me so much more valuable than just being a teacher. I'm not just a teacher, and I think that uh, so many other teachers have those things as well. That as say I'm not- So as
0: we think about the value of teachers. So at the grassroots level, teachers need to one value themselves, but also collaborate and work with each other, and develop that. Hey, we're going to be positive about what we do as teachers, and not let people talk down to the education field. And then I'm thinking that within the schoolhouse you have to get administrators that understand the value of culture. And this administrator still has to understand the value of high quality school through academic metrics, but also the family oriented part of it. So it's getting an administrator that can balance both because I know some administrators that are good in one area and not good in the other. So they're going to have to collaborate with their other administrators within the building to develop this and for everybody to be valued and feel there's something special here in addition to the money too, but that's, yeah. the, that's just something internal we, internal that we can do,
2: not, not a political thing. Yeah. I think that uh, you, you spoke about that culture, man. I think that's, like, that's vital to this um, because there are tons of teachers out there that are extremely, extremely, extremely passionate about what they do um, on a daily basis. And uh, also administrators as well, even on a higher level. Um, but how can we multiply that? How can we duplicate that, you know, district by district, state by state to where um, they get it wherever they are, the powers that be, that makes the decisions to where we can rectify this whole issue, man. I think that culture thing is extremely integral. You had a key point um, yeah. there, but how can we multiply it, though? How can we duplicate that? As we think about
0: multiplying, this is something a lot of people don't want to hear. If you want to, we like to compare it to the business world, how business people get paid more, but think about how business people can also get fired mm-hmm. and think about how they're evaluated on the business side. Gotcha. So one of the things we have to do in education, whether we like it or not, teacher evaluation systems will be here forever. The mm-hmm. more, and especially the more you pay teachers, the more they're going to be scrutinized. That's the nature of the business. If I'm paying you $100,000 to teach, I want an output of results. Gotcha. Whether we like it or not, Mm. and the school districts that are doing higher pay scales, they have very robust teacher evaluation systems. Not going to say they're the best, but they're very robust. So teachers, and a lot of people say, "Oh, well, teacher evaluation systems hinder me, etc." Good ones do not do that, but also we have to have a way to weed out bad teachers. If I'm working my butt off. And let's say they're paying me $80,000 to teach and I'm busting my butt and my neighbor next door is doing nothing making eighty, and their kids are not performing, I'm going to be upset. So mm-hmm. we have to have that evaluation system. It, there are bad teachers. I'm the first to say it. True story. I told a principal. I think I, I've said this on another podcast. The teacher was so bad that she was hyping up. I said, I will not let this teacher teach my dog how to go outside and use the bathroom.
1: <laughs> oh, shots fired. And I, I was
0: purposeful when I said that because we have to, if we value education, we value who we put in front of our students. We have to be honest and everybody can't teach. And as an African black male, I'm going to say every black male cannot teach because he's a black male, doesn't mean he can be an educator. Absolutely. So we have, to, we have to hold ourselves accountable in that forefront as we think about the teacher pay.
2: Absolutely. Accountability. It's the way you're held accountable, right? I mean, it's, it's all over business. I mean, I worked in finance and, and banking for 13 years, everyday thing, holding people accountable. So, I, I mean, I get it. It's an industry by industry. Education shouldn't be any different. So so like now, some,
0: now, some teachers are saying, hey, we're not going to get what we want, so let's strike. Last year in eight different states, there were teacher strikes. <laughs> Now, when it came to the teacher strikes, they were striking for low wages for teachers and support staff. I think they're misrepresented a lot of times. We forget about support staff. They also were on strike because of inadequate schools, overcrowded classrooms, and different problems. So let's think about the strike. What are your thoughts on teacher strike?
1: At the end of the day, it's definitely something that has it has leverage. Because if all of us stop working, do you know how much money this state loses? That's that. I mean, that's, that's point number one. As soon as we all says it, say, so you know what, I'm not going to work. There's not enough subs in the world to cover all of us. As soon as we stop going to work, Hundreds of thousands. I'm terrible with numbers. I know that sounds like, terrible to say as a math teacher. <laughs> I can't estimate the value. However, I know they're losing a lot of money. You know, it, I, I totally agree with the idea. And it, it, it sucks that it has to come down to I have to threaten you to let you know that I'm serious. <laughs> that we mean business and that we should be valued. You know, I, 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 I totally agree with, with the possibility of strike on any end. It's, it's, it's difficult. It sucks. You know, I don't want to have to leave my kids, but it's definitely for a bigger, a, a greater purpose.
0: But a lot, of, a lot of places that had strikes, a lot of them did not get what they wanted.
3: And
0: it's all about numbers. They got some things to get them back to work, but they did not get what they wanted. So we have to think about also how do we educate politicians? Because I, I worked and met with politicians who honestly had no idea what was truly going on in schools. And then when they were brought into the conversation, it was, they were brought into the conversation, we want more money. You're not paying us enough. <laughs> and that was the introduction to the teachers. So obviously, as a politician, they close themselves off. So we have to think about it from the political side of the strikes. How are we getting done what we need done? But then also, if politicians are not doing what we need done, you need to vote them out. You Mm. have to vote in their interests. True. And if if politicians are not in your best interest, why are you continually voting for them?
2: Since we're on the back end, I'm going to read this real quick. And, And ironically... Um, guys, I actually have one of my best friends. I'm here at his house and he just walked back in, um, been listening to the podcast. So if we could give him about 30 to 45 seconds after I read this, um, I think that'll be great to kind of chime in and get his thoughts on what we're talking about. If that's cool with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so check. So the federal government could fund all 3.2 million American teachers at $60,000 annual base salary for less than $200 billion a year. Local and state taxes would no longer be a primary funding source for teacher pay and will now only finance salary increases and benefits, easing tax burdens and giving local governments more flexibility to invest in schools and communities. At a federal price tag of about one-fourth of America's 2019 military spending and nearly one-tenth the cost of Trump's recent tax bill, the 60K federal minimum teacher salary will reorient America's budget priorities toward our people and away from stockholder profit and war. When are we going to make it a priority is basically what I was trying to say. <laughs> so I have my buddy Chris here. Chris, do you have anything that we're talking about teacher pay? I know you just walked in. If you could just give us a couple nuggets of what you think and your thoughts, um, that'll, that'll be awesome, man.
0: And
3: Chris, give us a little bit of your background.
2: How y'all doing?
3: Uh, my name is Chris Ray. Um, went to school at Marshall University, been teaching, been in education for 15 years. Um, started out in physical education. Now I'm in um, teaching business class, intro to business. Um, just listen to the conversation that y'all been having, the part I heard. Um, yes, teachers, I think teachers are underpaid. Um, I just don't think we value our kids the way we should. Uh, we're, mm-hmm. we're talking about people that are are spending more time with our kids. And we're talking about underpaying them. Um, I think uh, teachers have a very important role of who our kids are becoming as men and women. And I just don't think that we're taking it as a a whole, no matter what state you're in, I don't think we're taking it as a whole, how serious that is. Um, And I think we're taking for granted, I don't think we are replaceable. Um, like um I heard earlier, um there's not enough subs to cover. Um I've been in a building that the you know classroom didn't have a teacher for mm-hmm. periods, periods of days. Mm-hmm. Periods, the whole day. Um so you know, just think about your your you know, your your kids, I don't know if y'all have kids, but your kids going to class, they're in the classroom, they don't have a teacher. But that mm-hmm. whole period. That that's that is happening. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that I think they know that. I, I, and I know that the administration team know that. They have to know that. And if they don't, they, they shouldn't be where they are. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, one Accountability. Piece
0: of, <laughs> but one element we haven't talked about, and we're going to save this for a future show, is how do parents also play a role? Because if yeah. parents wow. are pushing... Good. Cause parents are pushing the school. Yeah. It changes that school and it changes the conversation. Mm-hmm. I've heard with schools where the parents are non-existent as far as participation participation. Then yeah. I think about my daughter's school they've started, and this is their first year having the school in their first year. They started a, a group of parents who are working on beautifying beautify the campus. That's their goal, to beautify the campus. Making it look good. <laughs> they just make it look good. On top of the typical PTA association, school advisory council, and they have a committee that's working on found, that foundational giving for the school.
3: When mm. so you think
0: about universities, they have foundations and endowments. Yeah. The elementary yeah. school group of parents. at my daughter's school, that's what wow. they're trying to do. Wow. So the parents are going to push this school to be great no matter what teachers Absolutely. do administrators yeah. do so yeah. that's something we have to think about how can parents help and support schools and our teachers in these yeah. endeavors
2: and what grade level is that chris just curious it's elementary school elementary gotcha gotcha wow so so let me say
3: this um, but it is a number it is a number factor um what happened if if, if you if you your daughter was at a school that you're still the same parent that you are, but the numbers are not good as far as support from the parent. So do you a move your daughter to another district or do you just take what you're giving?
0: Mm. And that goes into something I have to think about myself <laughs> in the field that I'm in. My mm. daughter, I can put her in a private school, uh-huh. but I support public schools. So my daughter has mm. always and will always attend a public school. But it's something I tell teachers that I work with. Don't teach at a school you wouldn't let your child go to. So mm. even the schools that I work with, I literally put my blood, sweat, and tears into that school mm. because I said, if so happened my child came here, I'm going to give you the same level of quality as if my daughter was in this room right now. Absolutely. So for me, I'm that tough of what I do and what I, in my field that If I'm at a school working with you, I'm making it just as good for my kid to go there. My kid, if it's not good for my kids, not good enough for these kids here either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right on. So as we think about this topic, are teachers underpaid? I believe we had an overwhelming conversation. Yes, teachers are overpaid. We provided some different solutions, started internally thinking about how do we value teachers, what are teachers doing to value themselves, and then working on the external factors. That's what my work now I'm doing is how externally pushing the narrative with administrators, pushing the narrative with superintendents and pushing the narrative with politicians. We can pay teachers more. This is how we can do it. Let's get it done. Lila, any final thoughts? Jadren, any final thoughts? And then Chris, any final thoughts before we go to an inspirational moment? Lila.
1: No, I'm man, just being in the middle of it right now. It's, it's a lot. So I, it's not enough. Uh, Twenty minutes, <laughs> 20, 30 minutes that we got right now. But yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm done. Oh, I'm done. It's Friday.
2: And my <laughs> my thoughts is, is top two three priority um, right now. I mean, it's 2018. We've been kind of singing this song uh, politically, economically, financially, whatever, for a long time. And at some point, you know, we have to change the guard. You know, we have to break the curse that's been holding this thing back and, you know, kind of make it right for the people that are on the forefront of education. So those are my thoughts. Chris, anything quickly?
3: my thoughts, I just think that, um, you know, we need more parents like you, Chris, um, to to support their kids and other kids. Um, At the end of the day, I just don't think we value our kids like we should as a whole. we're talking about our kids and their future yeah. and, and the people that are providing them with a, a quality mm-hmm. and we're talking about their being on the page. That's, uh, I don't even know how to explain that after that. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And as we end every show and every podcast, we want to leave educators inspired today's inspirational moment is
1: by Lila Lila. It's all you. I always want to think about how I can sustain my sanity in the midst of all this. And while I know my pay is not going to change tomorrow, I need to think about how I'm going to still thrive within the space that I'm in right now. And the way I've been thinking about that is, um, I think when I first met Chris, he asked me about what I'm passionate about. And, you know, he said, a lot of people know their what, but, do they know their why? And I think in teaching and in education and where we're at right now, as a teacher, you need to know your why. Why are you doing this? What's driving you in the classroom? What is what is your thing? Everybody has their thing from you know, three act tasks, to visual patterns, to estimation, what all these different things that that's your thing. What is your thing that keeps you going, that keeps you driving, no matter what your pay is, that makes you feel like it's not work. I'm, I'm doing what I love. I'm, I'm pulling up to work every single day and I'm able to get engaged with my thing with these kids because that that's, that's what that's what takes me to this this space of euphoria, and I just know that at the end of the day, yeah, I'm about twenty thousand short, but <laughs> but <laughs> I feel good at the end of the day. I am grateful, and yeah. I can continue to wake up each morning and say, I love what I do, and I'm gonna keep doing it, and I'm gonna believe and hope and pray that things will change and be better because somebody's going to recognize the greatness that we have within us as teachers. That's awesome.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you all once again for tuning into the inspiring educators podcast. Please feel free to send us feedback. Let us know how you like the show comment on the show. This show is yep. for you. Our goal is to continually to inspire educators doing the hard work each and every day in the
3: field. For sure. Go be great.
1: Absolutely.